Hello and welcome to the Age of Light podcast. I'm your host, Darlene, a certified coach and hypnotist that is dedicated to supporting you as you reignite your fire. Together, we will cover topics from well-being and spirituality to confidence and business. Get ready to be activated and receive your permission slip to be authentically you and live beyond limits. So let's shake up your belief system and step through the portal of possibilities. Be warned, this podcast will lift your vibration. Hello and welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited for you to listen to this one. And I know I say this every time, but I am genuinely excited for you to meet every single person that I bring on to this podcast. Um, this is actually a great friend of mine. I love her to bits. She's called Rosie and we met, as we're going to explain in the podcast episode, we met at a COVID test site um, nearly two years ago now, actually. And she has actually moved to New Zealand this summer, which she's obviously going to talk about. Um, I miss her very, very much, not gonna lie, I really do, but she's having a great time down there and she's an incredible artist. So if you are down by Australia or New Zealand, I highly recommend that you check out her artwork because she is so incredibly talented and we're obviously going to be speaking about this um, throughout the podcast episode. And again, leave a review. Um, and drop us a message, each one of us, or either of us is what I meant to say, um, if any of this resonated with you, especially if you're an artist, um, or you just want to know more about her art, please feel free to drop her a message too, I'm sure she'd appreciate it, and enjoy! Hello and welcome to the podcast, Rosie Wild. Hi! Hello! Hi! How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, how are you doing? <laughs> We've just been speaking for like 40 minutes, but um, we're just going <laughs> to jump right in. Um, right, where, you're in New Zealand right now, aren't you? Yes, I am in um, Gore in Southland, Southland, South Island, New Zealand, or Aotearoa, if you'd want to call it. Either of its names, that's where we are. That is where we live now for a bit. Maybe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, strange. it's very different living the life in England. Yeah. It's so crazy because I was thinking today when I before we jumped on this call, I was thinking how how long has it been? Has it been like four months since you've been there now? Um, it will be four months in oh, just past three months, three and a half months now. Four mm-hmm. months mid November. It feels like you've been there forever. Yeah, I feel like I've been gone both like a week and like a year at the same time. Because there's just, there's a lot happening in the UK. And Mm. as much as this is like my home now, there's a lot of, well, a lot of my life still like based there. So I hear a lot of news from there and that like, I don't know. I've been having a very relaxing time here in New Zealand. So the time passing is different. And then you hear about everything else going on around you and you're like, oh yeah, I have actually been here a while. You know, the Liz Trust saga has begun, had its time and ended, and I was gone for the whole thing. Like, yeah, it's wow. interesting. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for me it feels like you've been gone for at least six months for some reason. Feels like such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um well 
how about you introduce yourself and you tell us a little bit about your journey um what has led you to New Zealand what has led you to the UK I know you've traveled a lot um in the past and yeah tell us a little bit cool um I guess my dad is from New Zealand so um thankful to him for the second passport option um which is sort of why I'm in New Zealand basically uh moved a lot a lot a lot uh more sometimes once a year or more than once a year for my entire life until well until now which has partly been my own choice but as a child also experienced that um I moved to Colorado in the states when I was 20 alone um to go to school for a bit and that kind of having that like space away from everybody was like oh wait I can choose like I can choose to have this for a life or I can choose to have whatever for a life and that whole like moving as a kid had kind of been me well you sort of belong to other people when you're a child don't you you have to be cared for in a way by somebody else so I'd never really thought about the idea that the change of moving could be my own choice so having that experience in America that was like eye-opening for so many reasons but also for the reason that I realized that I could live wherever I wanted to live uh, and that lifestyle that I had somewhat of a taste of then of living more in a relationship with nature um, as I guess like the the pinnacle of it all um, mm -hmm. became very important to me then and then between then so that was uh, five years ago this year between then and now has been a process of working towards a, a, an option where that place would be um and New Zealand obviously ticks a lot of those boxes um Brexit also happened around that time five years ago and that was very much like a ah oh, I need to leave this is not going to serve my purposes well I believed at the time and I I still believe now five years later that I made the right choice <laughs> to action uh moving forward and leaving so mm -hmm. I'm now three months in, as we were said, into being in New Zealand, which is a is a monumental task to start over again. I think with this, this would be the fourth country that I've lived in yeah. um, in, in my life. So, but also obviously I'm the oldest I am now. And I think now, like once you've, I don't know, you've had life experiences like university or, um, life changes you kind of realize like how big of a task it is to like start over again mm -hmm. so we're here now finding feet and um yeah working on I don't know working on whatever comes forward I think that was also important to me as well after being encouraged or forcefully moved around uh from schools homes jobs whatever mm -hmm. um that it's sometimes nice to just let things happen and be uh, just be open to things. Um, so there are lots of things that I do and there are lots of things that I would like to do, but most of those things I probably don't put a lot of pressure around whether they do happen or not. So <clears throat> I've been an artist since being a child because most people are when they're a kid, they love to paint, they love to draw. Um, was luckily very encouraged to do that always from being a kid, um, which then, <clears throat> excuse me, culminated in me starting my own business in 2020, 
having a rocky time with do I want to be a creative do I not want to be a creative leading up to that and then just being like no fuck it you won't know unless you try um and that's kind of been the journey for the last two years so I make art that's mostly focused on being sustainable um but I wouldn't ever turn down opportunities that came up like if someone was like I'll teach you to be a tattoo artist great Mm -hmm. then I would invest my time into that but everything takes so much time to invest into that's also part of the realization of moving you're like oh right I have to start from zero on some of these things Uh, even if you were at you know a skilled level somewhere else you have to build it into how you know the culture works here so um there's a lot of prep and background work and reading and making bad creative mistakes I guess on purpose you know like trying something out and being like that looks awful and being like well I'm just gonna finish it anyway because I need to know like why it looks like that so yeah that was probably like a really long answer to your question (laughs) no I love that I love that because um it's something I personally don't think about very often is how you move your whole life from one place to the other and you have to start from zero. I think that's like one of the big important things that um, really stuck with me when you were talking. Um, it's because often we don't really give, enough, give ourselves enough credit for doing that, um, especially because nowadays, I feel like nowadays, it feels so easy to do that to other people. Like you just jump on a plane and you do it. And it's not as much of an effort. Um, well, it's not considered that much of an effort, um, especially if you're younger and you don't have a whole family to move across. But mentally and creatively and I don't know, in every single way, it's such a, you have to start from zero and you have to, you know, make friends again. You have to build connections again, you have to literally just start from scratch. And um, yeah, I think that's such a that's such a courageous thing to keep doing over and over again, because I, I know that I don't want to stay in the UK for the rest of my life. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I'm kind of dreading that, um, not dreading, but I know there's a part of me that, because I've moved so many times within the UK as well, I've moved um, seven times within seven years, um, and like multiple times in one year, it's, it's so frustrating to me sometimes to not like have a house that is completely my own. Cause I'm still renting that I can, you know, have the power of just making my home and making that my base to come back to and know that it's going to be there for however long I decided to be there. Um, so yeah, I know it takes a lot and um, yeah, I'm really excited for you to see what what happens in the next year in New Zealand. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, there is like, has there been, because you were speaking as well about your connection to nature and to art, um, has there been like a big pivotal point in your life where you were like, wow, like, this is really important to me. Mm. Um, I think like my memories kick in as a child, both at the same time that I started making work. There is no like sort of discovery for the first time of being like a creative person. There's like discovery of like materials and stuff. Um, but it's like 
I don't know. I, I was making work a couple of weeks ago and I was really unhappy with something I'd made. And um, I was just like looking at it from slightly further away than I had been doing. So if that would make me hate it less. And someone was like, oh, are you pleased with that piece of work? And I was like, oh, no, very, very, I have a very high, like, you know, hate level for a lot of pieces of work. And they were like, oh, and they, I realised that I'd probably answered their question not in the best way. Um, but for me, making art is something that I have to do because I feel compelled to do so. There is, like, I couldn't not do that. Uh, it would feel... I don't know, I'd feel incomplete in some sense. Maybe not incomplete, but I feel hollow, I guess would be a good way to put it. Um, mm -hmm. Even if that's not making things for uh, that are sold or are seen or are even, you know, that even last the duration of, of a day. Maybe they just go in the bin straight away. But mm -hmm. there's just such a, a strong feeling to make within me that that has always been, well, have for... I don't know. For the last like few years, that's been very important to me and I've placed more of a priority on it. I've gone through that experience of going, well, nobody else around me, as is often the case, is like, is a creative because, I don't know, depending on the circle you're in, there might not be. Mm -hmm. um, and I've fully sort of rejected it. After I graduated, I was like, I didn't make work. I didn't like paint or draw or pick up a pen for at least two years I was adamant that it would like it would not happen I felt very you know broken after my degree as a lot of people do um but also when I think about that time in my life I was just so unhappy and it wasn't even to do with anything specific like I just felt like that hollow feeling just like existing but not really being in the room kind of thing mm -hmm. um I think the nature thing is something that because of the way technology and life have become like so heavily intertwined with just having a basic existence like you need to have a smartphone to be considered a person mm. um has been something that I've had to maybe encourage more or seek out information on more mm. and re and reflect on more I think obviously well for people who are like our age when we were kids like phones didn't exist um and we had some technology but there was still always like, let's go to the park, let's go for a walk. Or I guess within my family, that was a very normal thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but there isn't anybody who's ever going to tell you that sort of in any other framework, you know, like in a classroom or in a university or in a job. They're probably not going to be like, hey, you should go for a walk. I mean, I guess we have the mental health movement that is encouraging that. But overall, that's not like people don't say it to you sternly they're not like you need to be you need to be going outside like it's just like oh it might help you and it's treated in this like airy fairy sort of way um but I think from being in those environments where that isn't an option or environments that are like a corporate office when you do take those breaks however small they are you suddenly realize that sort of lift that you get from them and I guess I guess around the time that COVID happened, when everything had to stop, I had already been having these sort of realizations, but it really sort of made them quite palpable to realize that like, well, if the world never exists like it did before, did I really just spend all of it, like going to an office 40 hours a week and, and not going to nature for zero hours a week? Um, that became quite important to me then. And I think also learning about like plants and plant medicine, 
um, and things like psychedelics that all come from this like root uh, community feeling within them to do with nature uh, has become more and more important for me in my life, yeah. Wow, I love that, I really love that. Um, yeah, I, I grew up the same way as well. My parents would, every single Sunday, we would go somewhere new. Every single <laughs> Sunday we'd go like to the beach or we'd go on a walk. And I was actually, before we had um, my dog, we were like, um, I think it's kind of like an excuse to go for a walk every day. Oh yeah. I love. Um, but it's so bizarre that like how sometimes you just feel a little bit weird if you don't have a dog to walk with. Um, <laughs> you're just kind of like, oh, I'm taking a walk, but it feels like I have no purpose in going for a walk, which is so weird. Yeah, um, you feel feel judged before you've even like yeah gone outside or if you were like on a walk and you're like oh that that's a weird colored leaf down now and I look at it but you also know that someone's like what's she doing over there and it's like I'm just I'm just enjoying the sensoriness of what's happening I'm being yeah. fully involved and and people judge you for it like I mean people judge you for anything but it's it's amazing that that is on the list of things that come up yeah. yeah i mean i used to take um i mean not at the moment i don't do it as much in the dog park because it's a dog park um but um i love walking barefoot um and especially in lockdown whenever because we we lived we lived in a in a little village in leeds on the outskirts called pudsey and um but the, there wasn't that many walks to where we specifically lived so we had to walk quite a bit to get to where we needed to go to get some like nature intake. Um, but I remember being on this walk in the middle of lockdown and it was really, really busy. Um, and I was walking around barefoot, like through the mud, through everything. I didn't care because I was like, this is my time. I haven't been outside properly in such a long time. I will take my shoes off and I will do this whole walk barefoot. And I did. But the looks that I got was like, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, this is actually, you know, something that like I grew up running around the house barefoot. My mom still still tells me off for not wearing shoes all the time, but I mm -hmm. just I just prefer that. Yeah, yeah. In in New Zealand, it's a lot more normal. It's sort of um, my dad like encouraged me to be barefoot a lot as a child. It obviously is somewhat intermittent. How much you can encourage that uh, when you live in like. Huddersfield in the UK when there's a lot of there's just a lot of broken glass in Huddersfield so you can't always do that but it was encouraged um I remember like going through phases of like walking home from school with no shoes on mm -hmm. and then like there'd be quitters about it on the bus that like I was some weirdo who would like not wear shoes and I was like well school shoes really like do you really want me to put them back on I don't know so um mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting that kind of um in British society it's quite uh I don't know people think you're a bit odd whereas um here it's normal you know to take your shoes off to go to the supermarket because they're dirty but it's also normal to see people just walking around with no shoes on um year round as well um children and children especially uh encouraged to be barefoot that's a life that's where I need to be um, I have like the closest thing that I now have is like my Vivo barefoot shoes, which I love. I've been wearing them like everywhere, but like I take them for hikes, you know, I just wear them on hikes. I don't wear hiking boots. I just wear those. People are always like, 
what are those? And I'm like, they're barefoot shoes, like barefoot, <laughs> because I don't want to wear hiking boots. I want to wear barefoot shoes. Um, but that's the closest I can get to it. They're not waterproof, but um, they're like, yeah, they're my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. It's the closest. It's within the the societal boundaries. Yet I still get get the experience, I guess. <laughs> um, right. I think I had something to ask you. Um, about your art, actually, there was something coming up. Um, then. Well, I can't remember. I can't even remember it. It's left my brain. It'll come back probably. Um, but I always said, like, I was thinking this morning as well about how we met, because um, we met on the COVID test site, which I still think is really oh, yeah. funny. For some reason, though, like when I think of you, I think that we met in university, which we didn't. But like, I sometimes forget. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I forget because it's like it's such a funny place to. I just I, I sometimes I think so basically me and Rosie we worked at a COVID test site um and at the end of 2020 I think we met beginning uh January I started there on the uh 2nd of February 2021 because mm. it was the same day that my uncle passed so oh. um, yeah it was a, yeah but yeah working a COVID test center is I think it's a difficult thing to describe um just the whole situation the whole setup the whole secrecy of it all both to people who were outside of it and being an employee within it um inhumane is usually a word i go for as like the title card for yes. staff treatment um but yeah that's where we met i remember mostly um early on like after we'd met like walking we'd like walk laps of the car park yeah. we'd either walk laps like in a ring or we'd sometimes be penned into specific areas of the car park and we'd just walk back and forth like mice or something i just remember that, I remember that being I the know. beginnings i thought i felt like sometimes we were in an experiment like who would go yes. stir crazy things? oh yes <laughs> yes it was crazy yeah. so basically to give a little bit more context we were in a covid test site that was a drive-through car park near like a football stadium um so yeah it was this ma this pretty big car park where there were a few tents set up for us to have food in and then there were just i don't even know there was not really any heating it was winter as well no there was like site cabins we're basically like stewards but with the yeah. added responsibilities of instructing people to sort of get a covid test done without physically being involved in it yeah. um yeah, where, where we worked was very different. I was moved there from another site mm -hmm. where it was a walk-in centre. Um, yeah. But I thought when I got moved, I remember thinking when I got moved to the site that we were both at, whether it was an experiment like on the first day, because I was just sort of stood either in like staff area or, or in like a one of the site cabins. And I was mm -hmm. watching like a, a group of people, like maybe nine, ten people in a row. And they were just walking to one end of the car park they were pending to yeah. and walking back back forth like for for an hour maybe two hours like well yeah. it seemed like it would have at least been two hours yeah. and they and I don't know it was hard to watch sometimes that yeah just the human brain just trying to basically just to survive through a day and yeah. be like well I've got this much room get the legs moving yeah. <laughs> get walking. 
I know it was crazy. It, it was crazy in the fact that like um, we were doing fifty two hours with like within the span of four days, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's insane how like because I remember how exhausted I would be by the last day because it would always be uh, two twelve hour shifts, two fourteen hour shifts, and I remember how hard it was to try and stay awake as well. And because like if you sat down, if I sat down, I would get so tired and want to sleep. That's why I would be like, I would just grab someone on the side and be like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go for a walk? And just like, just keep lapping and getting those steps in and work towards something. Because it felt really pointless, like towards the last few months, it felt so pointless being there that you had to kind of set yourself some sort of goal, which usually was steps. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, also the point of us not doing anything was that nobody came to get tested yeah rather than like they didn't just hire us to pretend <laughs> that we were going to have jobs we did have jobs yeah. but it was not busy a lot of the time with yeah. the pandemic wrapping up and people yeah. I don't know, not believing in getting tested and whatnot um was yeah. essentially a detriment to the staff at the site but we made our own fun you know yeah. walking okay. and all sorts of other things so yeah no it was it, it was very different when I first started it was so busy and then like it just kind of really calmed down and it was such a bizarre bizarre thing but I remember I just think that it's it was it was a good experience in the way that I met people I would have never met otherwise like <laughs> we met yeah. pilots um chefs um I don't even know like can't even remember most people's position but you just met so many different people like events yeah, yeah. people like one of the guys was part of like um i can't even remember like setting up stages and stuff like that and, yeah event triggers and yeah all sorts yeah. it was it was a real i don't think i'd ever work i will ever work anywhere with such a diverse pull of people both yeah. like based on job but also things like age which often feel like yeah. can drive like workplaces as well yeah. um yeah. I met a lot of people I interestingly met a lot of people in that time who are like who became massively important um mm. despite the fact that it was like not really reality I gained a lot out of those things or even that job yeah. um I wouldn't have like you say just people I wouldn't have come across in other circumstances yeah, no, absolutely. And we met each other. Yay! Yes. <laughs> um, I remember when I started, and they were like, "Oh, you're vegan." Oh, Darlene over there is vegan, and I was like, "Great, we'll we'll be the two here then. Yeah. We've got it covered." <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you moved to the other group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got moved, but I still like. I I think most days, especially towards the end, I would just walk over to your cabin and be like, "Hey." Yeah, no longer separated. Yeah, contamination separation rules were iffy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were always at a safe. I mean, we were outside. There was necessarily no closed space we were actually in. All the doors were always open, hence why we were always cold. Um. So, yeah. But it was it was an experience that I will never forget. Um. But we get to say that we worked in a space like that. Um. (laughs) But. Yeah, um, I just wanted to tell that because I always think that it's really funny um, just thinking back to those times. Um, is there anything else particular that really stands out to you when you think back to them? No, I, I don't think so. I feel like from the start of 
COVID happening, there was that sense of like unreality, mm. which was just further continued by experiences like that, especially, I mean, I worked at that site that you were at for maybe five months, may, maybe, uh, yeah, about that. So about half half of a year plus other time that I put in there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think life felt very like unreal, but at the same time I felt like quite compelled to believe it was important you know not to be flippant about it that um what was happening in that time would be really important it would be like either integral to what came next or later down the line Mm -hmm. from those experiences things like working the covid test center i gained like a lot of people who i'm incredibly close with like who i went on to live with and you know work other jobs with and take them other places with me and be like these are people that i know and so much grew out of that time that I think maybe in the beginning when it had been very like anxiety inducing uh, wouldn't have been anticipated but I felt open to accept it there was kind of that feeling that like I should have been open to accept it or um, very transformative time I think for obviously for a lot of people but um, for me as well definitely no, definitely. And I remember how um, you were like from day one, you were like, yeah, I'm moving to New Zealand. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm going. And then you actually made it happen, which was really, really exciting. Um, yeah, 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 it's that's really, really cool. Um, well, you know, going back to, um, I guess, your art and everything, I guess, your life, what is what the things that are important to you? Um, is there anything that has really helped you? Because you've moved about so much. Um, is there anything that has always supported you that we, you will never stop doing? Something that you will always come back to for grounding or for nurturing? Mm-hmm. Um, I keep some sort of journal. That's not necessarily always always been part of my practice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, probably from the age of about 12 there's been some sort of notebook on the go um that was quite hard to pack up when I moved to New Zealand now to think that like they're all all of the journals that I've kept like they're all separate from me now and I can't access them whenever I want um because I tend to I have kept them over the years they've either been you know I have a journal that's only visual based or I have a journal that's only uh word based or sometimes I work with prompts for the entire thing uh, and I always like um, date and location the start and the beginning again obviously because I encourage myself to move around a lot basically at this point mm-hmm. it's nice to have the markers for where these things have sort of come from mm-hmm. um, that's been very important to me it's I think usually if I'm in if I'm feeling like mentally good then I won't use a journal um, not out of a bit on purpose but it just tends to happen that way which probably means there's an output for either you know the writing or the drawing or artwork that would have gone into that is going somewhere else um Mm. but I just find them so helpful like I maybe once or twice a year I'll just sort of be in the mood and I'll go back and I'll read like a specific one I like keep on on a shelf in a specific order because I'm well I, I know what order they're in I know which book I picked to write in at each time um and I'll read one and it is really, uh, if you write as long as you're writing for yourself in the moment, there mm. are really powerful things to return to. Um, mm. Stuff that I've read about, you know, like from times when I've been, well, from 12 till now covers 
a lot of stuff like you know all sorts of depression arcs and school and this and that um they can be really uh <clears throat> they can be really transformative to read again mm -hmm. later on um i think yeah i think that's probably quite important um that stands out to me most as being like the big the big one um but i'm not sure i feel like sometimes things change or there'll be something that i've stuck with for like a few years or mm -hmm. um but then i think probably whatever it is it ends up being in the journal that's where i'm going to write about mm -hmm. the practice like i like i you know i do yoga and things like that but that's more of a recent discovery so maybe isn't as intertwined with the kind of like grounding process um but journal like you can have <clears throat> i think i have like four on the go at the moment which is just you know when you you know when you just like I can't put that in there because that that doesn't feel like that so there's just like one that's just like completely non-verbal and others that are very like because obviously like I'm in an interesting time in my life now like mm -hmm. in in a year or three years or five years it'll be like that was that point where like my life really did shift quite dramatically obviously I moved from <clears throat> I moved from Europe to the South Pacific which mm -hmm. is going to be a massive change yeah. um so yeah Wow. Um, the big question came back for me, for me, the one that I wanted to ask earlier, because um, whenever I see my, my art at the moment, it always seems to be outside as well, which is really exciting. Um, it always looks really, just really peaceful when you, when you have like a nice outdoor space to just like get your hands dirty, because like, I feel like uh, I miss those times. Me and my sister, my parents would literally give us, there's a picture of this, uh, what do you call it? It's like a wheelie thing that you use. A wheelbarrow. Yeah, a wheelbarrow. And they fill it with, um, they used to fill it with just um, finger paint, like tubs oh. of giant finger paint. And there's this picture, I think I was like six, it was when we just moved to Portugal and they hadn't torn down all the old farming buildings on our piece of land so my parents would just give us them and we had like our faces our arms covered in it and that was our thing growing up it was just finger paint everything do it outside don't do it inside do it outside use all of the walls and there's still like we still did it for so long and, and I used to find it so um just really satisfying is it something very grounding for you now that you've moved do you find that like a really um I think I think at the moment it's both born out of necessity and um that I'm very grateful to be staying in somebody else's house and I'm very aware of how messy I am. So we have uh we're staying with um family who aren't always in the house which is uh which is great when we have just like I can have the peace and quiet. Um but I do have to remember sort of at like nine o'clock the night before everybody comes back to like deal with the whirlwind that I've created. So there's like my inside mess which is probably less seen on my on my uh like wild cards social medias and things and then outside because i know i can i can be free outside which i guess is kind of um it is very helpful to not you just remove a level of stress for like creating which um which i notice if i'm having to work in someone else's space in quite a controlled way is completely detrimental to what's created. Like it, it's just going to produce something for that space. It's not going to produce something um, that's representative of what I tried to do when I first like sat down to get it done. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it is nice here and we have a lot of um, sing-songy birds in New Zealand um, mm-hmm. and they kind of, they can help me sort of keep time because I'll, I'll work and I'll, I don't like to stop to eat or drink water because I'm like, oh, I'll do it in 10 minutes and then yeah. 10 minutes later I'm like, you know, knuckle deep in like a pot of goo so it's not going to happen then. Um, so the birds, like, they're nice they like remind me to well I just like making the noises they make back at me <laughs> but that helps to sort of like remind me of like what's going on mm-hmm. around me um but yeah out, outside's free like there's just more space to think um sometimes I will just like not make work well I guess not journaling and not not making work but just do prep things outside um just because it will help me sort of loosen up a bit before I start making work um it does definitely help um but obviously I think maybe I can't control that all the time so there'll be there's lots of work that I've made in my life that's been indoors and I love it just as much as it's been outdoors but yeah. if there's the option it, like you always go for the option yeah definitely mm-hmm. wow no it looks is there a different feel to the way that you've created I know I know you're still kind of like in a transition phase but is there like a a different feel to the way that you've that you're creating right now yeah yeah uh I feel like after we'd been here um for about three weeks maybe I just sort of either I woke up that day or over the course of the day this feeling started to build inside me and like it was just like a oh like a oh no like I just don't feel associated and not just to my own creative practice, just to everything. You know, I just well, I just woke up and essentially felt completely different. Not so much that I felt in a negative way and that I needed to like attack myself or like how I live my life, but I mm-hmm. felt that like shift. I, maybe it was the first time that I woke up and didn't question where I was and mm-hmm. had both had that and had like a really nice introduction to moving here. So I felt very much welcome and wanted and at home from straight away so I think a combination of that sort of sinking in and I was just like oh and it felt a lot like a a lid being lifted the thing that I find most that I have the problem with living in the UK which is the main reason that I will endeavor to not make it a long time home again is that when I'm in the UK I feel like you know that white gray cloud that is just like completely flat I feel like it's stuck to like the top of my head and I feel like the seat, like, you know, like the sky is, is just like pressing. There's a lot of like, I don't feel any physical room above me when I'm in the UK a lot. I mean, I, I lived in Manchester, so, you know, the weather, the weather's not maybe as good as it could be, but that was a feeling that I felt <clears throat> so strongly when I first, um, when I first moved back to the UK as an adult, in 2017 mm-hmm. um I couldn't believe how unhappy that was making me feel and then like mm-hmm. so I was living in Colorado which is like um the Rocky Mountains run through it they were a big part of like the landscape there I could see them all the time equally in, in New Zealand there's lots of hills and, and mountains mm-hmm. and I remember when I moved back to the UK and then I, I went to the Lake District because I was unhappy I was like I need to go like go and do something nice go and be in nature uh you know like we've been saying uh and I saw like after driving up the M6 there's a a part that you reach after Carnford for something and the hills start and I just started crying like because there was finally this like 
essentially just depth perception between myself and and the sky but um yeah I have kind of lost my train of thought but yes that is a problem that I deal with in the UK so being you know not having that feeling of like a physical pressure I mean it's probably related to like seasonal affective disorder more so than this poetic feeling of having like this the sky like glued to your eyebrows but um yeah that's something that I really struggled with um yeah mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I've answered your question or if I need to no no it, it no it's perfect because it, to me that makes <laughs> a lot of sense and um I I feel that way too because I felt like that because I was I was thinking because as soon as you said that it sparked a memory in me because I had the same sensation as soon as I got to the Bali silent retreat. Mm-hmm. I cried my eyes out. I literally like the the person that took me from reception down to the area and I just could see that it was just nature and it was quiet and it was just such a peaceful place. I just started crying and I was like, oh my God, finally. Um, because <laughs> I had been like, I'd been so busy for so many months, like going from city to city um even the the days before that I was just busy 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 um constantly and that was just like I don't know it's just something it's like a coming home feeling when you Mm -hmm. when you go to places like that I feel like my heart just kind of relaxes and it's like you're home now like you can relax and I Mm -hmm. love that feeling a lot yeah um what do you, and again, like I know you're still in a transition, in the transition phase and, um, and I kind of, I, but I still like to ask you this question and it's what, what do you love the most about your life at the moment? Um, I think, I don't know, I think for, for the last like three months while I've been living here, I've been like prepping and making work but essentially not having to give up any of my time for money uh which after a while like we've all been unemployed we've all experienced that kind of drag that can come with that but it also at this point in my life represents a sense of complete freedom Mm -hmm. that's what I like about my life most at the moment which is like it's hard like we were saying about like having to move and start from zero I'm free to do whatever even if that meant not being in New Zealand I'm free to do whatever I want right now, which is quite a, I don't know. I think it's such a big possibility that you can't really comprehend it properly. Yeah. And that's why you like, and then you get bogged down in like the side tracks of it. Like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. But I say at the same time, I don't have to know what I'm doing because I can be open to like any other choice. Um, obviously, you know, we've been prepping and making plans for the next six months, but I'm also, I think because I've had this time, quite happy to think of them now as like if I don't want to do that I just want to throw it all out the window and mm-hmm. that was not the plan that I should have been coming up with I don't feel um like I have to stick with it or that I'm constrained or you know I can I can mm-hmm. do whatever I can just do that um there's a lot less pressure in New Zealand um mm-hmm. on sort of working um which maybe sounds a bit <laughs> sounds a bit lazy but uh we live in an we live on an island we live in an island nation there's less people here so just that whole essentially rat race feeling that I was getting out of being in the UK sometimes from being in other places um 
there's less pressure there so I think that is helping like when I want to work and go and work and need to exchange my time for money I will do that but I don't you don't feel any of that like oh he's still not working it's not it's never it's not going to be phrased to you like that which is quite which I think here is just normal but it's actually quite powerful to not have to sort of justify your existence by being like oh yeah but I'm going to be doing that soon like there's no like you're being accepted for you as a person not being accepted because of uh achievements you may or may not be making in in the future achievements being going to work which isn't an achievement because it's we're just apes aren't we we shouldn't have to go to work <laughs> that's, that's my view. oh my gosh yeah no i love that i can get i get a real sense that you're just like trusting the process at the moment that you yeah, yeah 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 i think like, we had a very like obviously a very long trip to get to New Zealand from London uh, which included things like you know being stuck in security queues for hours at Heathrow because there are no staff anywhere anymore to do things you know all the sort of staffing shortages all this sort of chaos and I was kind of waiting for that feeling the whole time at some point between me like quitting my job moving out of my house all of those like end of end of the road like moving things for some sort of feeling of like relief that that never came but then after I got here like got here someone picked us up from the airport got to where we were going to stay but out of the car and there was a massive rainbow like completely above uh the place that we were going to be staying at and I was like oh well that that's obviously what I've been waiting for then and I just kind of trusted the signs from that you know uh if I want to live a different life that's more intentional in terms of being involved in nature then there's there's a sign there's something that you have to trust in and and relieve a bit of the like oh can I do that kind of feeling that you get from being in a rat race where there's just a lot of justification around anything being in a rat race because there's a lot of people and things are expensive so you have to state your claim whereas here it was just like state your claim by not doing anything by just being open to possibility yeah oh that sounds so good i'm so happy for you um is there anything else that you'd like to share anything where you're like oh i'd love to talk about this um i don't know i think i think there's so much to be said for um well a lot of what we've covered but like choosing to make a different life for yourself or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. is I don't think it's ever really a topic that you can exhaust talking about every experience is so unique and also like doing this now like I mean I'm not old I'm 26 but doing this now I'm like man I get it now when people are like oh my friend you know emigrated when she was 40 to a country she'd never heard of Uh, you know that kind of thing like you realize like how much more when people say that I should be like yes that's great like go you like because it's such you know you're you're pulling yourself up out of everything and you know repotting yourself somewhere else and it's such a self-driven decision to make that it should get more kudos I think even you know for all of it grind the doing the the rubbish jobs and whatnot um i think i think it's still very um 
I feel like sometimes it's, I, I, at least my experience was when I moved abroad, I didn't tell my friends, most of my friends, because I was, because there was this idea, you know, a lot of people in high school were like, oh, I'm going to move to London to become a singer or an actress <laughs> or whatever, you know, um, and I didn't want to move to London because it was too expensive and I didn't know what I was doing. So I chose Sheffield of all places, but um, I didn't tell anyone. I had the ticket booked, my family knew. And I arranged like this goodbye dinner and people were, the question that people kept asking me was, when are you going to come back? And I was mm -hmm. like, this is exactly why I didn't tell you because you're <laughs> assuming that I'm going to fail. And you just, you don't want me to win because those people didn't want me to win. And as soon as I came back, like after 11 months, I came to visit for Christmas and we hosted like this reunion dinner. And I was like, I shouldn't have done this. Um, and people still ask me, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? And I'm like, I'm not coming back. I've been here and I'm living here and I'm not coming back. To, I'm just not going to move back to Portugal to live there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think, I don't know whether it's, you know, for some people it's jealousy, for some people it's resentment, um, but it's such a big thing that I think people are so blinded by I guess call, maybe thinking that people are being selfish for leaving their lives mm -hmm. and friends behind rather than celebrating the fact that they're going to experience something incredibly life-changing. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like capacity for change. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, um, so I think some people like as they're brought up, they, they can be for either based on their personality or their experiences can accept that idea that like mm -hmm. change is, is prevalent and both important and can be self-directed. Cause mm -hmm. obviously there are some people who say that too and they're like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. And there are other people who answer with that question, like, well, when are you going to come back? Mm -hmm. And I just think that like, there's a capacity there that like, I don't know. I believe that people like have lived more than one life. So uh, some people I meet can be quite, uh, uh, lack common sense shall we say mm -hmm. and you're just like what what are you doing you know and you know try not to pass judgment in my you know personal time but you're just like how have you ended up making these decisions mm -hmm. and I like to remind myself not to pass judgment by thinking that that person is new and by new I mean this is probably one of the first times they've had a go around on earth and had a body and an experience yeah. So they just don't have any common sense because how could they? Like that's learned by living and mm -hmm. as in living more than once. So I kind of like fit that kind of capacity for change into that. And like it's, I don't know, it's, mm -hmm. I'd like you say, there is obviously people who just can't handle it and their response is to kick back at it negatively. Mm -hmm. But also I think people who can't handle it because they're just not, they don't have any experiences yet that could show them why that was important which isn't to diminish their experiences, but imagining a life for yourself, essentially a world away, mm. is, is is really hard. I always think of that like last night before you leave, you know, to move countries. I always call it like last night on earth because it's like, mm. it, it's, it's like living on a different planet. Like nothing will be the same. Like you'll feel the same at times, but you're going to change and everything's going to change around you. And the sky won't look the same. And like, you know, like we were saying, like, either you know the mountains are big or the skies like pressed against your head like there is no way of knowing what's coming next mm -hmm. and I think that unknowingness is just so bonkers to some people that it's just mm -hmm. like okay 
you work on having some other small dramatic changes and we'll we'll come back to we'll come back to you and see how you feel but no I will not be moving back to Portugal <laughs> yes like, <laughs> yeah no I love that point of view I, I love that because um yeah it is I mean I I didn't necessarily hold a grudge um towards some of those people but it kind of it just kind of drew me away because it's just kind yeah. of it's uh, also quite bold to say that to somebody who's you know taken on this large experience and arrived back from it to see you you know of or of anybody and the response is essentially not even like oh it's good to see you yeah it's just why why are you here it's like because I can be anywhere <laughs> I could be yeah. anybody like yeah and guess how many of those people have ever visited me in the UK yes it's a large zero is it yeah. <laughs> yep exactly so um, it is it is one of those things and I mean I guess it can be different when you're younger because all of us were teenagers back then um, so I think you know it, it, it was a different time as well with everyone leaving high school I mean I felt very different as well because everyone was going to university and I wasn't I was you know like everyone was halfway through their first year when I decided to move over here because I didn't go to university but um yeah it's it's a very it's a very interesting um experience and like I said at the beginning I don't think we give ourselves enough credit when we yeah. do this kind of stuff and um I mean I always hear when I'm here people always say oh you moved you know at such a young age and I used to just be like oh yeah you know whatever but it's actually quite a big deal like oh yeah yeah you know? I think that spot was one of those things that you can't recognize until you're a little bit older it, it does yeah. seem normal like I like when I moved abroad when I was 20 and I didn't have it like I had people on the telephone but I didn't have anyone to back me physically or anybody to be like oh no yeah you are like that just someone to I don't know remind you of things about yourself that like mm -hmm. comfort you which at the time seemed like oh okay and now I'm like I moved there alone yeah. like how <laughs> like well done me like came back both you know all in one piece and with a better plan for life or you know just yeah. a better mindset for things yeah. um yeah no, absolutely right um where can people find you where can people find your art oh well i've got all the social media options for however social media -y you're feeling <laughs> <laughs> i have a tiktok for people who like tiktok I have Facebook if you're old, old school um, and I have Instagram. Um, my Instagram is the best place for me. I will have a website soon. I'm waiting until that feels like the right time to invest into setting up a website because that's also something that people don't give you enough credit for. They take mm -hmm. ages to set up. Mm -hmm. um, my Instagram is at wildcard. Um, it's wild and then three underscores and then card. <laughs> And then another underscore, uh, because there's too many people on Instagram. Um, you can find all my other links through there, mm -hmm. basically. It's set up so that that's easy for you. Um, yeah, that's where I am. That's where I do things. Awesome. I'll be linking you everything in this episode anyways, um, so that can find you. But um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to me all the way across the world. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me.